moving left foot goal. It's open away for Petrarca, who bent it through for a goal. Eight teams, one Premier at the end of September. Oh, oh. Huge leap from King. A rise, Max King, up over the pack, a towering mark. He's going to get this, Rapley. He's going to stroll in. He's going to waltz in. He's going to line it up again. Busted away, steady, straight to goal! Riccardi out the back green, who else? Toby's put the Giants in front! Danaher in the square, swings around onto the left, and Danaher's put it through. No one's having more fun than Collingwood this year. Rather they're playing like that. The 2023 Toyota AFL Finals Series on AFL Nation. It is a night 10 years in the making. Carlton's return to finals, a notion that seemed fanciful in the middle of the season, but materialised on an eight-game winning streak that turned their house of straw to bricks. And the entire Blues community seems bound for the MCG tonight. They do have an opponent. It's Sydney in this elimination final. Hello and welcome to AFL Nation for Elders. When listing your property, think Elders Real Estate and for tyre power, Get the power and tackle road safety. It's the first elimination final. Carlton and the Sydney Swans. The winner goes on to face Melbourne next Friday night at the MCG. And for the loser, it's Kaput in 2023. Jared Healy, good evening. Good evening, Jared. What a fantastic season it's been for the Baggers. The, to the depths of despair, failed dismally. The test of the big bad wolf. But uh, we didn't know that they were just laying a long foundation. And they actually... At quarter time against the Suns all those weeks ago, they looked totally despondent. And yet out of nowhere came this resurgence and then they just kept on resurging, if that may be an English <laughs> word to begin with. It's been quite phenomenal. It's been very exciting. Really feel great for Michael Voss and the baggers that are uh, streaming into the MCG. It's uh, just, uh, you said before that no one's having more fun than the Pies the way they're playing. Well, I reckon if the Baggers win tonight, there's a challenge on. I agree with that, is this could be some sort of spectacle. Actually, either way, because yeah. if it goes <laughs> the other way, no, they can swing. for the voyeurism of it yep. all, who, who's to say? Brad Johnson, good evening. Oh, in the famous words of Charlie Sutton, shop early tonight, no because these conditions, you want to get off to a good start, because they're only going to get better as the night goes on. So if you can handle them early and create a gap in the game, then I think you set yourself up for a, a really strong victory tonight because it's not going to be perfect footy. It's, it's going to be on the deck, and you're not going to be, hit, be able to hit the lace out, and it'll be a test for Errol Gordon in these conditions. We'll see his true, true skill on that, that left side of his body, and we've marvelled at how good he's been throughout the entire season. So there's tests for every player out there tonight, and that's why shopping early is really critical. We have been lucky, though, with the weather, haven't we? Last night it looked like uh, it was just going to be storm and tempest the whole <laughs> way through. I mean, pre the game, it was uh, cyclonic, the the wind and the rain, and it's been the same today. I mean, there was 50-knot gusts uh, blowing across yeah. Port Phillip Bay at 11 o'clock. It's, it's abated a little bit, but, gee, out in the middle of the ground, it will be swirling and swinging around everywhere, but it has dried up, and we believe that with a little bit of luck, we might even get a dryish game. Yeah, there's patches on the radar, but uh, it's very difficult to tell what might hit the MCG. Not the wave that was coming no. across in the hour before the game <laughs> yesterday, uh, but we might be lucky. So Dwayne Russell spent the day wrangling Midday Madness and water day for Midday <laughs> oh, I mean, that's what the whole concept was for. It's still unresolved as we go to air tonight, the Braden Maynard scenario. Dwayne, hello. Well, to, to pardon the pun, but it was no black or white debate today was um, sorry it was a black or white debate yep. either you barrack for Collingwood or you barrack for Melbourne and either he's getting three and he deserves to get three as a minimum or he gets off there was nothing in it just a football act and uh, what else is he supposed to do but brace for contact so obviously the MRO is still wrestling with all that as we've wrestled with it all day um, it has been interesting listening back to what you had to say last night, what Dermot had to say post the event last night, and just to watch it again in replay, watch it in slow-mo, watch the different angles <laughs> that are provided, try and work out what should he have done, did he overcommit. Um, it's, in some ways, our game loves the controversy. You don't love it when a guy's been hurt like that, obviously, so that's the really bad part about it. But the controversy of last night's game is going to live for a long, long time. And you mentioned Storm's. 
Imagine if this mob ended up playing Collingwood in a grand final. The storm <laughs> at the end of September would be massive. Dwayne, just give us uh, some perspective on this. Give me the temperature today for Midday Madness. Mm. Because it had to be, <laughs> yeah. had to, from an historical perspective, was it top five? Was it number one? No, it was big when the goal wasn't a goal with yep. the Adelaide Crows yep. versus Sydney. But there was a, a sort of anti-AFL, what are you doing kind of sentiment. This was very much us v them. It was almost like a reigniting of the football game itself, yep. Collingwood versus Melbourne today. So, yeah, it got nasty at times. I mean, I'm standing in the middle trying to work out what I think, and I think the MRO will send it up, but I'm still of the belief that it's been that inconsistent this year that who's to say Maynard won't get off at a tribunal or an appeal if they make a good case? That's, that's where I'm, I'm. I'm the one loony who's somewhere in the middle mm. on this because I just don't trust the system we've got right now to come up with what we think's probably right and that you can't brace for contact anymore. So I think it'll end up at the tribunal. There are two possibilities how it ends up there in the next 20 minutes, and that's either the MRO has graded it as careless and takes the step that it's three plus, or the uh, the new head of football will do it herself uh, if Michael Christian doesn't believe that it's a, a, grade of, a classifiable offence, that she'll step in and send it to the tribunal. So there's no possible way that this can just be told, there's nothing to see here? It, and... it is possible, but I think it's highly unlikely. Okay. It's very possible that the MRO is prepared to wave it through. I have no knowledge mm. whether that's the case or not, but I don't believe that the AFL will wave it through. And then Collingwood would take it to the full length, so if they don't have success at the tribunal, then they'd probably try and get it to appeal. But you know you have to have, we know you have to have different circumstances for appeal. Carlton had the technicality to try and ride their appeal for Crips last year, so the technicality was able to be a hook for them. But everyone's got a different hook in different years. Mm. I mean, it's biomechanists. Whatever hook you can come up with at the appeal, you come up with your hook and see if you can push that to the point that your hook gets you off. So, yeah, this is going to be a whole weeker. Well, the Giants, uh, they ran the case successfully only uh, 24 hours ago, and uh, they just went with uh, no reasonable tribunal could uh, make that uh, judgment, and I suspect that's the tribunal case that Carlton would run. So, where does everybody sit, John? O, where do I, you sit on I, Maynard? I always go to my first initial reaction, and it was like he's okay. I, I honestly think that he charged the charged up what he has to do with some speed to put pressure, so the kick would loop up. He tried to jump up and and touch it, and then on his way down, he's he's connected with with Brayshaw. I don't think he he searched Brayshaw out in any fashion. And I just think it was one of those football... I agree that it was just in the football nature of the way the game is, is played. And it's just completely unlucky for, for Angus Brayshaw to be in the position that he found himself in. Yeah, I'm with Jono on that. Almost uh, identical. It was an accident in my view. Yep. So nothing... Um I look at, so there's probably two different layers. You can come at it as, did he do anything unreasonable? Or did he breach his duty of care? I don't think... I think the second one is more interesting than the first one. Is he braced to protect himself at the expense of Angus Brayshaw? Did he have the right to do that? He created the collision in his approach. Did he have the right to protect himself at the expense of Brayshaw, who was completely helpless so it, in the scenario? So it's more just the way that he... Because he's coming down in that onto him anyway. It's just how he comes down onto yep. him, whether he keeps himself open and and open to a potential injury on himself or he just assists his own care by turning the way that he did to protect his own body. Which knocks which Brayshaw then knocks out Brayshaw cold. out, yeah. And, and, I just and think he's that's completely just... defenceless in that Well, moment. he is because he's open because he's just, he's yeah. just kicked so the So Maynard created the contact mm. in his approach and then Maynard protected himself but I got, at I the expense of, of Brayshaw. I, did totally, he have the right to do that? I totally the understand, contact. but... Sorry, Sorry Jared. Jared. No, no, I'm just going to say... Because when I look at what Dane Rampey did to Lockie McNeil earlier in the year, and it was a different scenario, but he, it was in play, classed in play, but it was well off the ball, and <clears throat> McNeil was out with concussion, and they say it was, it was in play and it was a football act, yet it was a block completely off the ball that, uh, that put McNeil down. So that, for me, is a scenario that I thought he might have got suspended in, where I'm looking at this one going, I can't see how, off the back of examples I've looked at throughout the season, that he can get... Suspended for this uh, for this act. Two questions: Was he entitled to jump to smother? Yes, he was. Was he entitled to protect himself? Yes, he was. That's the way I, I see it. Yep. But there is a duty of care in the modern game. Yep. So and he'll have to satisfy that he that he didn't breach his duty of care. So that, that's that's how that's where the technicalities. And of we're the all case for that, Jared, aren't we? We 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 are well and truly on board with 
with protecting the player and protecting the head. Absolutely I am. But there are instances within our game that it's still going to be an incident that you are hit in the head. And I think that's just one of those that we're talking about now. Yeah, we had one with Tom McCartan about uh, two weeks ago yep. where we all said, well, the ball bobbled at the wrong time. A lot of people thought he should have been hung, drawn and quartered at that stage. <laughs> and uh, it looked to me right from the word go, there's something not quite right about this. This just looks like an accident. And fortunately, that's how the tribunal saw it. And it adds to the fodder that it's Maynard because he plays that way. He's aggressive with the way he plays. And he's a villain in some people's eyes anyway before he even comes in as the man in black in this. The inter- the I mean, you're, you're a man who is a technician of the game, Jared. So you know the technicalities of what the AFL is desiring with its box ticking mechanism and what the AFL desires with, with its wording of the rules. So where it's trying to get to with its wording of the rules. We're thinking gut feel and what other choice does he have in the moment as a footballer. But it doesn't come down to that. It actually comes down to the wording yeah. and what the wording demands as opposed to what our eye and gut feel thinks is right. Yeah, and the greatest folly, regrettably, in this debate, which is run by ex-players, is the term football act. There is no such thing in the laws as a football act. So, so you default to that, but it's irrelevant. So therefore, the You have wording... to fulfil one of those two categories. I think his approach is reasonable, but it's whether he, whether he has a duty of care to Brayshaw in the way that he creates the contact and whether he fulfilled that or breached that. I think that'll be the... That's going to be the legal standard that will be tested, and I don't know which way it would land. So then it goes – so then it – that's why in your mind you're, you're saying it will go to tribunal because the wording gets him there, and but then just, it's up to that yeah. to argue the football lack side of things and bring the football notion into the conversation when you are in front yeah. of and the, the panel, tribunal. And the panel is a chairman and two former players. Yep. So they'll be able to make their assessments on okay. what's reasonable in the circumstances and what's excessive and what the duty of care is. And that's why it belongs there. Is It's for Maynard to say what he was doing. It's for the AFL to say where that sits within the rules. And then it's to be thrashed out to its end point and then presented to us as a community and say, this is, this is where we are. Uh, and this is why it's okay or this is why it's not okay. But it, it can't be just summarily waved through today not with the amount of emotion and debate there is around it and the technicalities within it it has to be fully tested and if it does end up getting tested at appeal then that's a much more legal process but i think that i actually think the tribunal hearing should be able to sort that out to the satisfaction not unlike the um the mckay one from a couple of years ago which was a really high test case And maybe in 10 years' time, that will look different. But that, that set a marker for where we are now. Is I think this is a really important test case on those grounds as well. Yeah, we pulled back from that one because it was successfully and rightfully argued both players were going for the ball. This is slightly different because uh, both players weren't going for the ball. One had the ball. The other one was trying to restrict the flow. So it could get complicated, but ultimately it will go to appeal. And then, uh, like Tom McCartney, who was it? It wasn't Tom McCartney. It was um, Toby Bedford. It could get let off uh, at the appeal. What did you think of last night more broadly? Oh, it was a funny game. I mean, you could not be more impressed with Collingwood. I love Collingwood's run. It's what I've believed all season could take them to the flag. But not only was their run magnificent, they were just so tough at the ball. And it started with Mason Cox, who jumped all over... All over the man who ultimately was best on the ground, not so much because of his ruck work, but because of his around-the-ground work. He was just uh, dynamic, Big Max. But uh, they got off to a fantastic start. They made Melbourne look slow. They made Melbourne look slow through the middle and in defence. They made Melbourne look really slow. They got up the ground and got them back on uh, turnover. Their transition was electric. And then Melbourne just grounded out, grounded out, and ultimately the numbers say they should have won. And accuracy cost them badly, but... You've always got to take that with a grain of salt because, uh, as we discussed prior to the game, Collingwood may have played to the scoreboard as well, Jono, but uh, it, 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 it confirms what I think about Collingwood. I'm not sure where Melbourne are now, given the amount of injuries they've got. They've lost Petty. Um, they've lost... Melksham. Melksham. Um, Will they lose Van Ruyen? Van Ruyen's gone. I suspect he goes for two rather than one. And now Brayshaw as well. And Brayshaw is out. Well, the coach said up to three weeks. So, uh, you know, all of a sudden, if you lose four or five of your starting 23, it's a it's a big hole. Now, Melbourne's got good depth and they're going to need it. Well, they are. And I, I can understand the, the Melbourne faithful wanting that rematch in the grand final now. Like, I think they honestly believe tip, that they're Donna? good enough. Who, Who would, would I tip? tip? No, I'd tip Collingwood. But, and it could be dependent on a couple of players that they may 
get back for that potential matchup in a grand final, which is the only way we're going to, to see it now. But uh, Collingwood's, Collingwood's power early on when the game was hot was, was brilliant. And that, that's what I sort of go to. And I always sort of refer back to that. When, it, when you're in that first quarter, the heat's on, big game of football, nine, over 92,000 people. Collingwood stood up in that, in that moment. And I agree with you. Then they played to... They played for the scoreboard. They played to save the game instead of playing to win the game, which we're so used to from Collingwood. It was just a different way that, that they, I think, mentally got a little bit nervous and they'll learn from, from that as well. But, uh, but overall, they were their, their energy, even when Bobby Hill kicks the second goal, you've got Taylor Adams standing outside 50, running off the ground, doing massive high-fives with McQuarrie. You know what I mean? Like that whole team buy-in about energy yep. and about, about the team enthusiasm was, was so high. Where Melbourne tried to generate it after... I think it was a, a Smith goal and, and Oliver got up and about, but yep. he was the only one. Everyone else was sort of just still walking around, you know, going back to their positions. Yeah, one side had enormous energy and camaraderie, et cetera. It looked yeah. uh, really exciting, didn't it? Uh, but if they do win it, I mean, we've been talking about this all year, but the inspiration of trading out Brody Grundy and bringing in Bobby Hill, who has become a player at Collingwood, he, he, he was... He'd shown a bit at the Giants, but he's become a, a really strong player. And speed, they've added speed. Oleg Markov was another another recruiting coup. And he's quite clear that he's, you know, part of it is getting body, everybody up the ground. And, mm. uh, and then, okay, we'll just challenge you with our speed going back the other way. Uh, Billy Frampton's been terrific, not even in the side. And, uh, well, Tom Mitchell, I guess, answered all the critics last night and uh, put on a fantastic contested ball display so their recruiting has been absolutely superb and of course the other one was Mick Stay, who had a poor first quarter poor, poor first half when I looked at the vision he looked like he'd been stunned and that's why you know I think he was lucky to get back on but he came back on and, and he was fine and, and kicked a couple of really important goals so a team that has 69 inside 50s kicks seven goals 11 and eight shots that don't score like it's I, I can't Probably not since North Melbourne blew that grand final against Adelaide. Can I think of another team who misfired so badly in September in a single game? Yeah, that was just wind, wasn't it? Uh, it was a really swirly day. And, uh, you know, even the greatest players uh, of that team, they, they could not nail it. And it was, I can't remember, and I haven't seen anywhere printed, a deficit of inside 50s uh, more extreme than that. And you lose, even in a home and away game. It was just uh, quite extraordinary. But, uh, John, they're the facts. Uh, the, the sticks are there. They've always been there. They don't move, but it's difficult in the wind, and, and pressure does funny things well, it to does. Bailey Fritz kicking it out in the full that yeah. he did. That wasn't wind. That was, that was yeah. pure ex- execution at a, at a critical point, and that's just the, the nature of it. We, we played the West Coast Eagles out here in a final many years ago now, and it was similar conditions to last night. It was probably windier mm. than, than that, and we dominated the game as, as per Melbourne in some ways with inside 50 shots at goals, out in the fulls. And West Coast beat us because they were just more efficient when it counted. And that's what last night entailed. That's what tonight is exactly the same situation that we're talking about because it is tricky. It's not perfect footy. And if you're looking to play perfect footy tonight, you're in the wrong mindset from the outset of um, of this game. It's interesting, though, just the tactical element. I mean, Collingwood continuously went into an open forward line because they continuously had to defend. But if they <laughs> broke the line, they went in and they scored. Whereas Melbourne, you know... Let's exclude the first quarter where they bombed it in there and it was terrible. They just they kept going in, but they didn't do anything to open up that forward line. They didn't bring players up the ground and uh, charge back. They played with their system and they backed their system in. And the system did create enough opportunities for them to challenge on the scoreboard and probably win. But it's just interesting the way that uh, the tactics of the game, you can open up your forward line, you can keep it as it is, you can keep your, your six defenders, you can keep your six forwards. A lot of those things, Jono, you've got to have faith in. And uh, ultimately, a lot of systems can fail if accuracy doesn't play a part. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think Collingwood's defenders set themselves, defensively as a group, but the defenders in particular, set themselves up last night not to be marked against inside forward 50. In the first quarter, it was four zip Collingwood's way yep. marks. And in yep. the King's birthday game, they got dominated Collingwood. It was 15 marks to seven inside forward 50 so you could see that that was one of one of their main strategies I think last night from a defensive group that whatever happens we're not getting marked against and I think the pressure up the ground assisted that because it was high balls coming in which helped Moore and Murphy and the line Quainer bring the ball to deck 
But once it hit the deck, Melbourne in the second half had their opportunities and they didn't, they didn't take them. And that's just the, the unfortunate nature of, of not getting it done when you had those opportunities. Your point around if they were to meet again is fascinating. But Melbourne are staring at straight sets for they a second are. year. With If things fall the way that they look like they'll fall and if they happen to get a rampant team out of tonight, we always fall in love with the losers, uh, with the winners and out of love with the losers. But... I mean, a forward line which was utterly dysfunctional last night is about to lose its it, its biggest figure in Van Royen, regardless of how inexperienced it is. So it, that's going to be even more makeshift than it was last night. Although it throws up the do you bring in Grundy as the big wildcard variable. Can it actually work at the death? Well, I think, it, I think you have to bring him in. That's my first initial sort of thought on it. But they will still get service down there, Jared. The, the midfield that they've got, Melbourne next week where they're playing Carlton or Sydney, they will give their forward line service. If they make a prelim and they're playing Brisbane or Port Adelaide, they will give their forward line service. Is their forward line good enough to be able to capitalise on the amount of ball that will come come their way? And I that's, think it that's is, Jono, if Petrarca's in the forward line. The trouble last night is because uh, they had an injury, he had to go into the midfield to get them enough opportunities to win the game. But because he wasn't in the Ford 50, they didn't have the class there, the the ultimate X factor to get them across the line. I know he sets up a few goals, but even his accuracy has been off since going into that position. Two goals, threes, two goals, fours, mm. one goal, three. So it's not as if he's nailing every opportunity that comes his way. He's got a big presence down there. Yes, he uses the ball well from 70 to about 40 and kicking it inside Ford 50. But his own conversion hasn't been you know, great in, in when you're looking at the whole aspect of their forward structure and what they're missing at the moment. Just having a, a look at the Swans at the moment, speaking of accuracy, Slick Wicks, he's kicking them off the ground. He's going around the corner. He's uh, doing drop it's punts. It's a milestone game for him tonight. They're, they're all going through. So, gee, I, I hope he hasn't left it uh, out on the training track, John. <laughs> well, at least he's having a look at where they were. Pickett kicked it into the grandstand a couple of times, didn't quite know where the sticks were. <laughs> He had, a, uh, he had an interesting night last night, Cosy, didn't he? He was uh, in the right spot. Sometimes uh, he flew when he should have stayed in the ground and he stayed in the ground when he should have flown. But uh, it's a tough game sometimes. And Cosy Pickett versus Bobby Hill was an interesting stat. They had the same amount of possessions and uh, one man kicked three and was involved in another. And uh, it wasn't Cosy's night last night. Mm. And There's just that. Is it a one-off or as we felt that that was indicative of two years of Melbourne's forward line? And I know they haven't got... They wanted it to be petty and then it looked mm. like it was going to be Melksham. So they've had no luck. No. But th this has been... This is not new. Their centre-forward connection and their personnel inside 50 has been their weak link since they won the flag and it was disastrous last night. But the case for Melbourne has been that it's been good enough against eight out of ten teams in the comp. So they still go with it. It loses a game to the top team in the comp last night. Just fell short of, against the best team in the comp. So they're not far It was off. good enough last night, Dwayne. Just accuracy, Carlson. Yeah, yeah yep. it's good and enough. That's, that's the conundrum with this whole thing. They set up, the system set up enough opportunities for them to win, and yet they didn't get it on the scoreboard. It's, it's good enough from their midsize and their smalls. It's not good enough from their talls. It might be good enough from their talls for bring the ball to ground, but that's about... That's about it, I think, forward, forward of centre. Yep. Van Royen, yes, in the future. He needs a second star next to him. So Melbourne have to go past – they'll go past Grundy, they'll go past McDonald, they'll go past Brown, but they need to find that one replacement for, for those players in a hurry if they're going to continue So, Jono, if uh, Max – well, Max will be there. If Grundy's in the side next week and they're playing, let's say, Carlton, does Grundy start in the middle – or does Max start in the middle? Does Grundy start in the no. forward line or does Max start in the Melbourne forward line? Melbourne play their best footy with Max Gorn as their number one. <laughs> Go and win it. Go Like last night, he goes back, supports defence. Next thing, he's marking it half forward. Yep. He plays his natural role. That, that's got, it, got to continue. Grundy becomes the, the second guy. He becomes off the bench, forward, and chips in for the... For the ruck, so and that's the role McDonald that he has to play. And just give him another go, given that he really had no preparation. His last quarter was good, McDonald. Yeah, I'll give him that in terms of that is, is, and that's the question they'll have to ask. Is Tom McDonald a, the, the perfect second ruck that they will require? Or do they need him now with Van Royen out as that second filler and, and Grundy comes in as the second ruck? So Grundy ruck? just replaces Van Royen. Yeah. yeah. And do you have a more experienced sub? So if you do have to jump so early with your sub, you've got a guy, well, Port Adelaide's named Travis Boak. Yeah. So maybe you've got to go with a better sub too, just in case you bring him on earlier. 
Well, it's usually James Jordan. They, they yeah. paid a big price for deviating from what had always been their formula. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Book a test drive today. Visit hyundai.com.au or your local showroom. We're going to touch base with the Swans and the Blues in the lead-up to this and spread out a bit more broadly through the issues in the AFL landscape right now. This is the AFL Nation pregame show for Beaumont Tiles. The new Beaumont Max range starts at 20 bucks. You're listening to The Finals on AFL Nation for Elders Home Loans and Tyre Power. Big Footy Finals Sale. You're listening to The Finals on AFL Nation for Elders Home Loans and Tyre Power. Big Footy Finals Sale. First elimination final, Carlton and the Sydney Swans. Our Friday night presenting partner is Penrite Oil and your local Repco authorised service. Brad Johnson, Jared Healy, Dwayne Russell and Jared Waitley with you. Jared McVeigh is with us inside the Swans camp. Jared, great to have you on AFL Nation. Good evening, boys. Thanks for having me. Welcome back to finals. Got about seven weeks ago, this looked like a pretty high bar to reach. No, it's certainly a great spot to be um, right at this point now. But yeah, look, it was... Um, a fantastic effort from our playing group to uh, to go on a bit of a run, and uh, we snuck in into the last position. But we get to uh, you know we get another opportunity tonight to uh, to play finals footy, and you know what's going to be a, a huge crowd and um, you know a, a great experience for our boys. Jared, good luck tonight. You, you've had your injury concerns over over the year, but looking at your your lineup, it's extremely strong. It's not a bad time to have a healthy list. Yeah, look, we've probably had um, you know throughout the year our match committees have been you know you look to the side and. You know, there's not many people, you know, pushing the door down, you know, due to our uh, the injury list. But, you know, the, probably the past month we've actually had a lot of tough decisions, you know, which has been fantastic. And, um, you know, it's probably one of our strongest lineups for the year, which is great. Yeah, good luck tonight, uh, Jared. You, you did have to make some tough decisions. And I think most people were surprised that Robbie Fox was left out after uh, being... He's had a pretty good year and he had uh, a great grand final up against Jeremy Cameron. Um, what was the rationale behind that? Yeah, look, we probably brought in uh, Lewis Melican. You know, we, we've seen with their tools, we thought Pitney was going to come in. So, um, you know, Pell played on Mackay and Kerno uh, when we last um, uh, played them at the SCG. Yep. So he did a really good job then. Um, and, and, you know, just with the height with DeConning, it will go down there as well. We probably need that extra bigger body. And, um, you know, so that's kind of the reasoning behind that tonight. And, um, you know, most teams at this time of year, you're putting your big boys and hard contested guys, um, you know, around the ball. And that's what both teams have done. Jared, do you have a group discussion around conditions or do you just sort of leave it up to the individuals to work it out or through the lines in, in particular? Because it's not going to be perfect footy tonight and, and do you have to adjust the player's mindset on that? Yeah, well, look, we will a little bit. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine down here now. The ground is, um, you know, is in pretty good condition. It's a bit windy, but um, the boys are smart enough to understand what's required. And, and you know, finals footy is not... Um, you know, spectacular footy. It's just hard, just hard players. Um, you know, winning and getting from contest to contest, and we know that's going to be that tonight. And um, you know, we hope our boys stand up. Papley is a uh, magnificent player inside forward fifty, as good as anybody in the competition uh, with ground balls. But he's also an important player through the middle of the ground. We'd like to see him celebrate five goals tonight. <laughs> but uh, how many times will he go into the middle? Oh, he'll be in there a fair bit, um, and then you know he, you know he's he's so good in centre bounce for us. His fast feet, um, his agility in there, and his speed, you know, something that we really do need. Um, you know, so he'll, you know, he generally plays that role for us in centre bounce, and he'll make his way forward at some point. But um, yeah, look, hope he can do things that uh, through the middle and up forward for us tonight. You know, we need him to have a big game. So, what do you do with the in the preparation? Given Carlton are so dominant with clearance, it hasn't been a strength of yours for a long period of the time through the season, but uh, probably improved a bit in the last couple of weeks. Yep. What's been the focus, I guess, in the build-up to this match? Yeah, look, we are focused on that. You know, their contest and their stoppage stuff is well known. You know, they're the best in the competition, and we, you know, we haven't been great at that this year, but um, you can always change that in a couple of hours' time. Um, look, we've spoke about, you know, getting our big boys in there and, you know, our strong contested players of Mills, Parker and, and Warner, you know, we want those guys to, you know, they're you know, coming up obviously against some great opponents. But, you know, we think, you know, when we look at the midfields, you know, they're pretty evenly matched yep. uh, with bigger bodies. So, you know, you might see Heaney at some point go in there as well. You know, with his bigger body, he played on Crips last time as well. 
Jared, does it does it make you smile, or how do you feel when you see some of the kicks that Errol Gordon pulls off on match day? Oh, look, he's he's brilliant. Um, you know, for a guy in his third year, it's you know it's been quite amazing what he's done for us this year. You know, probably when we've been out of form, but you know he he's probably the one that's you know played the most consistent footy for us. But you know we need him going for those kicks. Sometimes you know he he goes for the really tricky ones at moments when we don't need it, um, and he knows that. But uh, look, you know he's certainly changes the way we move the footy when it's in his hands and, and generally that last kick going into the forward line which is the hardest um, he's pretty spot on with that too. You're backing in your finals experience tonight against a, a team that hasn't played too many finals? Um, yeah we are but you know we understand that it, really when the balls bounce it doesn't really matter um, you, you know it's going to be a big crowd we want to silence that crowd and um, but our players understand what's required and what wins finals footies and uh, footy sorry and um, you know, we've spoke about and tried to put them in a mindset over the last two weeks of, you know, they, they understand what's required. Now you just got to stand up and deliver. Just watching Logan McDonald knock them through from the boundary line going around the corner. He's, uh, he's, had, he's hit five out of six. <laughs> Don't say that, Jared. <laughs> Hang on, he's just... Hang on. There it is. Uh, another one. It's another <laughs> six <laughs> out of seven. <laughs> he, he would be really looking forward to tonight, given that uh, he was an unfortunate omission before the grand final last week. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it was yeah devastating for, you know, for all of us never want to have to do that to a player and um, and he handled himself really really well he went you know got back in the preseason put a fair bit of weight on yep. um, you know still got a bit to go but yeah really pumped for him to, to be able to get out here tonight and and show his worth um, you know he's he's really improving with his contested side of his game um, and his movement and agility and lead ups and um, you know it's, is probably one of the best we've got in our team. Um, so, look, I can't wait to see him go out there tonight. We better hurry this interview up because he's now up to six out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, what are you going to take away from the outside of the midfield? What else do you got to take away from the, the Blues tonight? It's a different team tonight than what you encountered early in the season. Yeah, it is. Look, they're in fantastic form. Oh, look, certainly the big boys up front. Um, you know, we know it's going to be... Uh, raining fire down there with those guys and they'll be sending in pretty quickly look we need our, our defenders our mids to get back and help and you know you know not be stuck on your opponent you've got to come across and help and spool the ball out of bounds or whatever you know whatever's required to uh you know to help tommy mccarton to help melican out um you know down back and yeah yeah look we and then, and then off that we think our transition you know going back at them the other way with our ball movement we're going to have to be really sharp jared great to have you with us good luck for what's about to unfold thank you very much Jared McVeigh from the Swans coaching staff as they prepare for the Blues. It's good, isn't it? It's good insight. I, I love the the aspect around they're going to play their way, yet they've still got their, their own nervous actions around yeah. the, the bigs up, up front or what they're going to have to produce in the middle of the ground around midfield and stoppages and trying to control you know, the Blues sort of you know strength area of their game. What do you see the weaknesses in the Swans at the moment, Jono? There's not too many. There's really not. With, with their lineup back to pretty much full strength now, and they've got their leadership back down back, which I think is 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 really uh, really important. And I think their two tools up up forward. I, I can't see them kicking the fives and sixes mm. tonight. But if they can get their ones and twos, they can get you know three to four between them, and then set up a few a few others. I think that puts them in a pretty pretty strong position where you go to the Blues and you go, okay, well Mackay and Kerno, they have the ability to kick up to eight or more between yep. them. Yep. Now it's a big disparity between the. The talent base at one end of the ground uh, and the talent base at the other with the Blues, obviously, with multiple Coleman medalists. Do you think Heaney will have a moment, though, in finals at some stage where he has that game and we all thought, yeah, that was the one we thought you'd have eventually because he's been threatening to, to do that. He had a horror grand final last year, didn't touch it until, what, almost the second quarter was over. Maybe John Lomai should have moved him up the field. But, I mean, he has the capacity to kick a five or six on a big night, hasn't he? Well, he did that one down in Tassie in the yeah, final, true. but yep. they didn't win the game, so he didn't get any accolades. But you're right. I mean, his, his first half of the year was disappointing. No more disappointed. No one was more disappointed than him, but he has come back into incredible form in this, in this last half. So he'll know, and he'll, he'll want to make amends from last year's grand final, and this is a good start. And you and I saw Papley... In Adelaide, yeah. Jared, when the at the Adelaide Oval against Richmond, wasn't it? He kicked seven, maybe. Yep. Yeah. So, I think for the Swans to win, Dwayne, somebody for the Swans has mm. to have a Papley night, has mm. to have a big night. A Heaney, a Papley, and Marty always maybe kicks a three goals McDonald. in the first half and none in the second. Yep. I mean, that's. I mean, they look deficient in some areas, mm. but 
there's no buddy out there now, so it's, it's clearly not going to be him. It's, it's step-up time for that inside forward 50. And they don't get the ball in there as often, but when they do, they're pretty efficient, the Swans. So it's a, it's a bit like the Collingwood formula last mm. night. We'll touch base with the Blues shortly. We're on standby for uh, an AFL uh, edict as to what they're doing with the Braden Maynard case and, and how they're going to send it to the tribunal. On consideration, this one, Jerry. Do you yeah. think there is a bit of uh, to and fro between the MRO and Laura Kane? Uh, yeah, I think it probably left the MRO's desk a while ago and he didn't he didn't grade it mm. and so it, it was for the executive to deal with as to what they want to do with it so I think that's the territory we're in we'll find out in a moment it's a big call for uh, the first major decision from Laura it is it is put a stamp of authority on it this is the AFL Nation pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles Subway Tiles from 29.95 at Beaumont Tiles You're listening to the finals on AFL Nation for Elders Home Loans and Tire Power. Big Footy Final Sale. You're listening to the finals on AFL Nation for Elders Home Loans and Tire Power. Big Footy Final Sale. First elimination final is Carlton and the Sydney Swans, our Friday night presenting partner is Penrite Oil and your local Repco authorised service. Oh, I see, Dwayne, that Ken Hinckley had a spot of bother around using Oppenheimer. So Apparently this is controversial. Well, it depends on, Honesty. because you and I have discussed this off air, but my as soon as I heard that he was using Oppenheimer, I suddenly thought, well, you're bringing the, the war connotation in and the dropping of the bomb in. I mean, it's one thing to use it, oh, we're using it as a motivation that something is a long build. It's a... Over the time, you, you get the right people and you build. But Oppenheimer wasn't about the build, even though they glossed over the dropping of it. It was in the end, building it didn't scare anybody or cause the war to be ended. In theory, it was the dropping of it that did. So are they using that as their, we're going there to go the whole hog? Because it's no good just threatening we've got a bomb and going to Brisbane, is it? The best part of today was Ken said he hadn't seen the movie. Oh, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So he's I've just seen using the movie all these comedy. people from all around the world were brought in together over a long period of time yeah. to complete the most important project as it's built in yeah. human history at the time. But he just, That's all he's using. He obviously didn't see the bit or hear about the bit in history where they actually dropped a couple of them. <laughs> well, I can't believe Hiroshima. this is controversial. Yeah, exactly. And that's the, that's the controversial part. I mean, that because ethically, uh, some players might be against the fact that that was done. Kenny faced a barrage of questions over it. It took me totally, it blindsided me. Mm. Well, it's the first thing I kind of thought of because I went to Hiroshima a year ago and you do, you look at it and you, and I've been to Dachau and places like that as well because my family is German. Um, you know, war history is something where once you get deep into it, I mean, you, you've got so many ethical dilemmas that are rolling around in your head and the hardest part about every ethical dilemma when it comes to war is that it's 2023 and it's hard to know what it was like in the 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s because we weren't there. So, you know, as, as much as it's an ethical dilemma for us in 2023 to think about it, you know, we've got no idea what it was like. Mm. It's all your fault, Jared. It's, yeah. You got it all out of Ollie Wines. I did, yeah. Although That's true. I don't think Ryan Burton will be terribly popular having no. dropped the hint that this no. was going on. These are post stories, not in real time stories. No, I must, I must admit, I didn't see the backlash coming, but. Um... <laughs> That's uh, that's not the first time either. <laughs> but uh, what movies uh, do you think you should have? <laughs> Probably Barbie. Well, Barbie then. was the opposite one, I suppose. But, yeah. but, uh, but there's an ethical dilemma in Barbie as well, I suppose. Is it? I haven't got to that yet. Maybe we shouldn't <laughs> lose ourselves. <laughs> um, is the AFL chairman under pressure, do you think? Is the knock-on of Qantas enough to unseat him at the AFL? I think it's a fair chance he's under pressure at Qantas. Yes. Uh, let's take that as a given. Um, and I think there is a bit of a knock-on effect. I mean, Mick Warner wrote a pretty strong article on the basis on the back of it last night. He made some pretty strong points. Um, so I see now people are already suggesting who should be his replacement. So the, you know, the um, the chairman would uh, probably. I, th I think the, the the chairman would. I think should have sorted the Lee Matthews thing out a little bit uh, better than it was sorted out. It just it just opened up the door when you've got one of the. Most revered, if not the most, if not the most revered figure uh, in the game that was available 
18 months ago and then, you know, you have a meeting a couple of weeks ago and uh, the follow-up wasn't all that flash. It did reek of, I don't know, it just, just didn't seem to be respectful in my view. And so that then pushes back and uh, obviously he's, he's uh, under enormous uh, heat because of the Qantas thing, so that then can follow on potentially. So he's, he's in for, uh, you know, he'd hope that we'd move through this. If he wants to remain as the chairman of the AFL, which clearly he does, we run through uh, the AFL season pretty quickly. He, he fills those positions and uh, they're universally, I guess, acknowledged and, and uh, we move on under Andrew Dillon. The one thing I would like to say about the commission, I had a good chat to Andrew Dimitri about this during the week, is that does the commission appoint the CEO and let the CEO then tell us where the game's going for the next 10 years? Or does the commission have a grand plan for the next 10 to 25 years and appoint the CEO to enact that, that role? And, and Andrew told me it was the former rather than latter, and I would have thought it was the latter, that the commission is the big picture people and the, the CEO comes in and uh, mm. and fills the plan whichever way he was. Now, he may be able to you know, tweak it and maybe come up with other ideas that the Commission haven't heard of. But to me, the Commission, if, if the Commission's... I mean, the Commission's there for governance, we understand that. But they should also be there for big picture issues. And I'd like the Commission to come out and say, what are the big picture issues? We know we've got the AFLW up and running. We know we've got Tassie, which is hanging hanging on a thread in some respects, uh, if you listen to various people down in Tasmania. But, you know, where is this game going over the next 15 years? What do we expect of Andrew Dillon? And that's what I would like to hear from the chairman. So the only time we have got that in my time covering the game was when Mike Fitzpatrick yep. planted his flag on Gold Coast and GWS yep. and told the executive to do it. Yep. And they didn't think it was a terribly good idea, but he told them to do it. <laughs> I remember it, so it was in a, he did it in an interview with Caro, and then I remember interviewing Gil, who was the 2IC the next day, and he couldn't have been more trying to smother it. Lukewarm. <laughs> yeah, but no, <laughs> this is by hell or high water, that's what the chairman was doing. Yeah, but at least there's direction and you can push back. And I think these things should be publicised so that there is input from the football community on, on, on these things. And the Commission have the ultimate say and the CEO is the ultimate uh, um, implementer of the, the whole thing. But, you know, I, I would just like to see, OK, are we happy with development in New South Wales or is the fact that it's not developing and the Giants are up there and uh, they're going well but no one else is caring up there and not enough people are playing footy are we happy with the amount of facilities that we haven't got around the northern hemisphere and what are we going to do over in western australia is there any way we can get more indigenous people playing this game you know they're all sort of big picture items that i'd love to hear from the commission uh, as to what their view is what do you think of the dustin martin damien hardwick meeting Jono? <laughs> I haven't got a problem with it at, at all. We can we can read into it, can't we? But it's uh, but it's a it's a star star pupil and uh, and his old coach mentor catching up for having a beer for, for, for a catch up. Why why not? You know what I mean? Like so. And look, we we love to read read into it, and and you you kind of hope there may be a tiny discussion around what do you think, Dusty? You know what I mean? But but ultimately, um, you know, I, I haven't got one. I didn't question it one little bit in regards to anything other than coach and star player catching up because they've got an unbelievable relationship and they've achieved so much together. You've got to have a more curious mind than that, no, Jono. No, I've been around too long, Jerry, to, to just sit there and, and think that nah, there's, there's more to this than what there, really, what there really is. And I don't think there's any more to it than what we're watching, and that's two guys just catching up for, for a beer. Yep. 100%. 95. <laughs> There's always a little bit. You'd never say never. The great Terry Wallace. You never you say ask? never. How could you not sit at that over the coffee and ask? What do you reckon? Do you like the weather? It's pretty good up here. Should see <laughs> where, you should the way you'd lead him into it? You should see my place. How would you, how yeah. would you bring it up with, with him? Because knowing that if that's the right time or not, right? So you're catching up and you're in this position, Jared. How are you? I'd start with the weather. You start with <laughs> and then the, the lifestyle. General. And I'd also say, have a look around. How many people have come up to you in the last five minutes? Ah, <laughs> uh, see. Not one, not one Love selfie. It. Love it. See, do you know, there's a team that plays up here. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a team that plays up here. There's a guy, as a coach, who actually loves you. He loves you. Always has done. And the next question is, am I going to get my 1.4? Hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. That's not a bad question to, for Dusty to throw back, is it? Well, it's a big question for the Giants to, to answer because mm. they've got some really good talent coming through. I mean, if they could get Dustin Martin for half that, well, you'd be 100%. But uh, mm. 1.4 in the salary cap puts a big hole in it. It does. It does. There are always ways. Oh, is there? I don't think it's you've happening, just, but I think it's fun. flattened us, Jared. We're all well, up and about it. It runs about until it, the last day of the it. trade period. Last, last, well, <laughs> and once that's done, I reckon last year there was a there was a bloke ended up at Geelong with pick number six, and uh, that was because they gave him away because of <laughs> because of Point. you know losing control of their salary cap, and they did that badly over a long period of time, and they potentially only just getting back in control, which uh, which is terrific because they've got good young kids coming through. It's a weird. There's been some weird stuff though with the Gold Coast. I mean, Marco's getting a game for Collingwood now, so yeah. I, there's, a, there's often some stuff that you don't even know about. I mean, it's, why did Bose leave, you know, with Geelong and that pick and why did they get in the salary cap trouble and all that kind of weird stuff? Um, sometimes it's who, got, who you got around you as well. Like, you know, Des Headland was a star with Brisbane and went to Frio and, you know, was the main guy and, and just couldn't get it done as consistently as he would have He would have liked. Markov needed, needs better players around him and he can play to his particular role because he's got superstars next to him. Yeah, Stephen May's another classic example. I mean, he was a good player up there, but he's a he's a champion now at Melbourne. So it, it's it would have been a tough environment to go into without question. The you know it was uh, it was difficult early in the in the piece. Did you like going to Sydney when you went to Sydney, Jeff? I love going to Sydney. Yeah, no, mm. it, was the, it was the best thing I did. But uh, and we didn't have a very strict you know strong. Um, management around the place at that stage it was very much it was very much just a front office plus the players but we had a really we were fortunate we had a really strong strongly driven group and we had uh, good on-field leadership and good coaching and um, you know we had three or four competitive years teams are as selected tonight in this elimination final the subs are jesse motlop and robbie fox the all-new hyundai kona is here bigger and bolder book a test drive today visit hyundai.com.au or your local showroom we'll head inside the blues camp coming up next on the afl nation our build up for elders home loans looking to make a move then think elders home loans and for tire power big footy final sale now on You're listening to the finals on AFL Nation for Elders Home Loans and Tire Power. Big Footy final sale. First elimination final, Carlton and Sydney. We are still deep in conversation over the Maynard hit every time it comes up on a television. And this has been universal since the moment happened last night as every conversation is centred on it. We await uh, word from the AFL, which is pending, I think. Welcome back to AFL Nation for Elders Home Loans. Looking to make a move, then think Elders Home Loans. And for tyre power, big footy final sale now on. We're about to head inside the Blues camp. So what about handling the occasion? So th- it's been a huge build-up for their community. It's a huge build-up for their team and the journey they've been on this season. Everyone's here for them. Yep. There's going to be 93,000 and at least 80% are here for them. And the expectation is pretty strong. They're going in as a short price favourites. Some people think they're certainties. I've heard it on radio uh, in various parlance, various areas all through the week. I don't think there's any such thing as a certainty with these two teams, but uh, they are the ones carrying the expectation. And, and people like Cripps, Jono, he'll want to quickly make a mark mm-hmm. as a finals player, having been so disappointed so many times. I mean, this time last year, when, uh, well, a little bit earlier, Round 23 when Collingwood played Carlton. I can't remember a better play, a game by a, a leader as a captain through the middle of the ground. He was he couldn't have done any more to get them across the line, and yet they lost. Um, but he's got that level. He's got that capacity to elevate himself to that uh, you know that Superman level. But he, he shouldn't be trying to put that pressure on himself. He's just got to actually go out and play a good solid game. And uh, this is he's got a he's got a deep midfield around him, um, but. There'll be a lot of guys out there trying to, I guess, make a mark, and and that can be a trap. Oh, I think you, I think you're spot on with your assessment, Jerry, because you got a, you got a guy 
and I and I'll start to think about Patrick Dangerfield when you're talking about Patrick because he wanted to play in that grand final yeah. and play so play yeah. so well. That was that was where Danger was yeah. at. And he did that. And he but he didn't try and do too much danger that day. He just played and, and Geelong played with him yeah. in a way. They weren't waiting for danger to really set the light to win them. The game and As I, against the previous grand final where he did play too hard. That's right. And he struggled. Exactly. So, therefore, I go tonight and I think Patrick Cripps, Carlton's got to play with him yep. and just let him do his thing, but don't rely on him to put, put the team on the shoulders yep. and do the, th- you know, do the big strut. That, that might naturally happen, mm. but don't try and manufacture that to happen tonight. So, Tim Clark's part of the Carlton uh, coaching staff. Tim, great to have you on AFL Nation. Thanks for having me, guys. Is there that sense of expectation around it? Uh, there's a lot of excitement. Um, our players uh, are really ready for this moment. We've played in a lot of big games this year and we can't wait for it. We've had two weeks and we're coming up against a really strong opposition that we respect a lot. We respect their contest game and can't can't wait to start. Your last performance, Tim, how, how did you assess that? Were, were there elements of disappointment or did you just let it go and just focus the last two weeks on what you have to do tonight against the Swans? Uh, it was disappointment with how we finished off the game. There was, um, we are in the contest early. They were very, very good, the Giants. Um, but then we, we faded away, and it hasn't been something that we've uh, been about for the last nine, ten weeks. So we, we're really clear on what makes us play really good footy as a team, and we're prepared for that tonight. The ruck duel is going to be interesting. The Swans have got one and a half, if you like. I'm not sure who the half is, but uh, they've got one nominal ruck who may be playing his last game. And uh, you've got two reasonably young blokes who are going to share the load. You must see that as an advantage and uh, the reason you brought Pitney in. Yeah, we, we do. We, th- we feel Pitto and, and DeConning match up well against... We feel McLean will be their second ruck um, and Hickey. So like, we... We're really excited for that battle. Our, our mids just can't wait to, to get it theirs. Every time we play Sydney, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a competitive contest game and both teams want to bring huge pressure around the ball. And the rucks started for us. Uh, we're really excited for what King will bring tonight. One of uh, your mids used to be one of their mids. Uh, will Hewitt go to one of their mids? <laughs> uh, different stages during the night. Uh, we'll, we'll get Hewitt looking at a couple of their, their mids depending on who gets going. But... Uh, he's a competitor, George. Yep. Uh, he's really motivated to play tonight. You know, he, he played in finals with these guys. Uh, and he's, he's one, of, one of four players tonight for us that's played in big finals. So uh, we're going to feed off his experience and his toughness around the ball. And uh, he's a great teammate, George, and our boys love playing with him. Tim, the wing roll, it's, it's so important these days in the structure of the, the side, going back, supporting defence, and then pushing forward to help in attack as well. There's some big matchups on the wing. Tonight, is Blake Akers all set to go? Yeah, Blake's all set to go. Um, yeah, we feel they're brought in McInerney. He'll play a lot of wing time. Uh, Goulden will spend some time on the wing as well. And we've had, um, we've had some strong wingers all year. Um, young Hollands was really stiff. Um, it's selection this week to miss out. But we, we feel it'll be a really good battle on the wing. And what a ground to be able to play wing on, <laughs> MCG. Have you named your sub? Uh, yeah, we have. Yeah, Motlop. It must have been... Uh... Difficult at selection that Paddy Dow misses out. Yeah, it was really hard. His, uh, his fight to get into the side, yep. his form and what he's been able to do for us has been fantastic. And we were saying it before he, he worked his way into the team that he, um, he was just behind the mids that we were playing. Yep. And at selection, it, it went that way. We're really confident if, if we win tonight and we play next week, Paddy Dow's a, a really good chance to come back in. He's... He's training at a really high level, his games. We've got a lot of trust in what he can do. It just didn't go his way at selection this week. So going back to some of uh, the Swans mids, you've got uh, Goulden, who's, I mean, his form speaks for itself. You've got the Lizard and you've probably got Warner. They're the ball, the main architects of the Swans movement machine. Do, does anybody sit on any of those? Because the, the Lizard is the driver off the half-back line and Goulden's the driver through the middle. Yeah, like I, I, at different stages, you might see that. Like if, if he gets going in in, in, the, in their back line, we'll have to do something about him. He's got some pretty tough matchups up there. You know, yep. we've got the the big boys that are that are down there this week. We've got Jack Martin that's in really good form. So there's some threats with our side that he's going to have to look after. But if he if he starts attacking like he did last time he played us, um, we've got to look at something for him. And you mentioned the guys through the midfield. They've got a really um, deep midfield. They've got guys, they've got Mills, they've got Parker, they've got Warner. You mentioned Goulden, Robottom. They've got a lot of really strong players in there that uh, we can't wait to fight. We're going to have to uh, put a couple of them or 
force a couple of them to get a bit quiet at different stages. Speaking of Nick Blakey, Tim, do you, is it more than around kick-ins, for example, when he's kicking the ball and have you got a set plan for that, restricting that overlap, that second handball where he generally sets things up from that position? Plan for it because it changes a lot, but there's an yeah. awareness of it. So we're really clear of what he looks to do from kick-ins, mm -hmm. what he wants to do with his follow-up. Um, and then you've just got to be in the moment. You've got to be there ready to be able to stop his run. You've got to have the right positioning on the options up the ground because you know, you know he likes to pull his kick. He's a left footer. Our boys know all this stuff. It's just a matter of whether we can be in the moment and be disciplined when we need to. Okay, Doug, let's get down to business. Who goes on to uh, Papley? <laughs> uh, we've got a few guys that are excited <laughs> for that yeah, matchup. Who's first? <laughs> uh, we'll get a couple of backs that will go through him. We've seen that he's been playing high up at stoppages, yep. giving them a lot of drive out of there. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll need to send a couple of different backs to him at different stages because he keeps changing where he starts. And uh, we're looking forward to that. We've got some guys on that back line. You've got Saad, you've got Newman, Chincotta. These guys are in really good form. And I, I feel you'll get uh, those guys will go through him at different stages tonight. Can I just ask you at uh, Boundary Throw-Ins, most clubs just go head-to-head -head now, but the Swans often still play a sweeper. Are you expecting that? And if that happens, do you play a sweep or do you go man-on-man? -man? I think it depends on the numbers that you've got in a stoppage. Some teams do like to hold, a, whether it's a winger or a mid, that holds a, a little bit more depth at a stoppage. But um, every team has something a little bit different. I think tonight, at, at different stages, you might see that player there, but... Based on the way they've been playing and the way we've been playing, I feel you'll see a lot of a lot of the players numbered off around the ball. How's the skipper feeling, Tim? Oh, he's pumped for tonight. He hasn't played in a final cripper and you know, he's missed a, missed a week of footy. He's had a long time to think about this game and he's in terrific form. He's led the players really well this season, um, him and Vossi, and he can't wait for tonight and he's got a uh, very hungry group of guys that are following him. Nice. Tim, terrific. Good luck for tonight. Thanks, guys. Have a good call. Tim Clark with us inside the Blues camp. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Book a test drive today. Visit hyundai.com.au or your local showroom. This has just come from the AFL. The Executive General Manager of Football and the Match Review Officer have laid the following charge from the Thursday night game. Braden Maynard, careless conduct, severe impacts, high contact, direct to the tribunal, three-plus matches. So it will be heard on Tuesday night. Braden Maynard's finals campaign hangs in the balance and we'll get that test case. Uh, the more simple and straightforward, uh, this came in two different charts, so that tells you about what's been going on behind the scenes, was Jacob Van Royen has been charged with striking, careless conduct, medium impact, high contact, a one-match ban. So Jacob Van Royen poised to miss a semi-final. Everything gets taken to the tribunal at, at this time of year, but um, I couldn't see a case where Van Royen beats it, uh, but a huge test case coming with Braden Maynard, and that's seen the intervention of Laura Kane, and the executive was very much involved in the way things unfolded today. So that's the whole week taken care of. That just about <laughs> wraps it up. Uh, I think we'll see you Friday. Yeah, so just te text through the results of the rest of the games, okay. and uh, we'll see you for Monday morning's talkback. Getting back to more important things, Jared. We saw Logan. He was five out of six, uh, blew it out to six out of nine. Cottrell is zero out of three, cool. so it uh, can only get better for him. You keep the form guide going. Our major partner is the TAC. Don't use your phone illegally while driving TAC. I think we're going to have the, peru the parochial blues call uh, invade in a few moments' yeah. time. Just quickly, what's the process, though? Has the process been different this time with Laura Kane in control, or has that always been the process that the AFL has a say? It's just that we haven't heard about who it's been Previous to Laura Kane Steve taking this Hocking role. Steve did it at least once. Yep. I actually have a feeling he did it twice, but he he did the um, Mackay yep. one uh, where Michael Christian didn't grade yep. it and he laid the charge himself and then spoke the day after they'd been unsuccessful at the tribunal that he wanted it heard and was unrepentant. And so it's not unprecedented. It no. was a huge night, that uh, particular one. I, I think you did an extended 360 yep. and had a, a lot of the... Uh, Boys from Fox Footy in. Do you think it's at that level this time around? Higher. It's got to be close, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because it's because it's Collingwood, yep. because it's Maynard, and because it's, the, it's his final series. Yep. If they're unsuccessful, he doesn't play again. Could so, it be televised in the future? I don't know the answer to that. I, I don't know. Like, the tribunal is just so dull. Like, you, you could do a five-minute highlights package of it, mm. but sometimes the, the yep. reporting Fox of it Fox Footy's is the grand way. final yeah. coverage rates quite well, and no game is Test on pattern. during the course of the game. So... <laughs> How dull is dull? Can I just uh, put a word of warning out to the Collingwood defence? I've got the numbers here. 
if you include a biomechanist or a nuclear <laughs> physiotherapist, <laughs> you are batting at about 97.3% fail. Yep. He's got to ring the Swans. The Swans have had a great strike rate right this year. You ring the Swans. No biomechanist. No biomechanist. <laughs> no. Even though it seems like a good yep. idea, it never is. This is the AFL Nation pregame show for Beaumont Tiles. Subway Tiles from 29.95 at Beaumont Tiles. You're listening to the finals on AFL Nation for Elders Home Loans and Tire Power. Big Footy Final Sale. You're listening to the finals on AFL Nation for Elders Home Loans and Tire Power. Big Footy Final Sale. Our Friday night presenting partner is Penrite Oil and your local Repco authorised service. When the Blues ran out to begin their warm-up, there was this monstrous cheer. And when the Swans went up, there was hooting like the villain had just arrived at the pantomime. That's sort of the night that it's going to be. And two boxes down, they're going to totally <laughs> indulge in all of this. There are two circumstances in which I'm leaving our call to Dwayne and starting my SEN app to listen to the Blues call. One, they are eight goals up and running away. Or when they are four goals down and it looks cast, that's when I'll be with Andy Marr. Hello, you, Andy. <laughs> the levels of schadenfreude uh, that I'm experiencing through social media contributions, Jared, as we promote uh, Blues Radio tonight, are a little unsettling. I've got to, I've got to admit, there's a lot of people in the second camp that, that you just described. Who have you got with well, you may in the broadcast? May I introduce two of the all-time greats? Twenty finals campaigns between them, seven premierships. Between them, Carlton Royalty, Mark McClure and Wayne Johnson. Uh, no, you know, t- take that headset off because you're talking to me through this, John. <laughs> Dom, it's absolutely lovely to be here uh, with you. Um, what are you expecting from our mighty blue baggers tonight? Uh, as the night's gone on, I've, I've had a look. I think if we can take over in the ruck, I think we and we think we might. Uh, it'll give Cripper Walsh out of the mid to Sherra, and that uh, I, I think we'll, if we we'll take the ascendancy in the middle. Uh, we can go a long way to punishing them hard. And uh, you know what? The conditions aren't that bad. No, they're all right. No, they're actually all right. Now, you've just been to a Carlton function uh, pre-game. Tell, just tell us about the mood in that room. I've got to say, it was unbelievable. Um, it was a standing room only. Yeah. And uh, I think they were just about to go, we are whatever. And we yeah. just went, put the hat on yeah. and let's just wait. But they were phenomenal. It was a, it was a great gig. We had Campo there. We had Piercy there. Jimmy Buckley. And I happened to be there. But it was uh, it was wonderful. It was exciting, actually. They were, they were pumped up and... Uh, yeah, look out. I, I, think, uh, I think we're in for a real chance. Well, it's nice to have the scarf and the duffel coat uh, not tucked away for uh, a campaign sellers. Uh, we're, we're alive in September for the first time in a decade, and, and, you know, it does feel pretty nice. Well, it's nice to play at the MCG in September, and uh, it's been a while since that's happened. Who are we playing against, anyway? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Sydney. I'm not 100% certain, but it really doesn't matter here tonight. It doesn't matter here tonight, does it? No, it doesn't matter at all. Uh, as long as they perform well, and uh, look, I think that uh, we're a superior side to Sydney at this stage, especially at the MCG. I mean, they're really good at home and all those sorts of things. But uh, I think the MCG's a, a little uh, bottomless pit. If we went to the grand final last year, the game was over at quarter time, and Sydney were down and done. So let's see a bit more of that. I think. Well, if they want to throw uh, Isaac Heaney onto a hopefully rampant Patrick Cripps halfway through the second quarter today, John, what's going to you was you were watching Cripper last week at training? Give us a sense for what you saw. It's the best I've seen him look for a long, long time. Like he was free, he was really free, and he had a big smile on his face. He was very, very happy. And uh, I wouldn't want to be the person that, to try to tag uh, Cripper today. No, not tonight. So there's been something about the way they've been playing. We're trying to put our finger on what happened halfway through the season. And you can come up with all the theories in the world. There is something unconditional about the way they're playing their footy at the moment. This is what Carlton used to do, right? If it was your turn to go, you went, and you went full throttle. Well, I think from the Gold Coast game that we played at the MCG, they put the foot down and, and they put in effort. And they put in, they put, they, they activated everything. They went from 27 tackles to 69 in one week. Then they went to 75. But the interaction of players tackling, taking the ball off the opposition, then activating themselves with handball in a running game, sharing and caring. Then all the blocks started to come in, the shepherds. You go, gee, this is a real team. And our small started to come into it. And I think Harry was out for a little while. Charlie was doing on his own, you know, two out you know, Murphy and uh, Darcy Moore one day against Collingwood. But our smalls were able to come in and gather. I think Soss, uh, young Soss was the, our best player that day. He got off the leash. So 
Yeah, they, they, they be, who, who are we playing against? <laughs> we're, playing, we're playing Sydney, but not that that really matters. We're that's all we got to do. You're a magnificent forward. You were, uh, you were a man who set enormous standards for yourself and for your footy team. How much of a joy do you get out of watching Charlie Kerno? There was a real chance four or five years ago that we were never going to see this. How much fun and joy does he bring to you as, forget about the Carlton player, just the Carlton supporter? Well, have you ever watched Jeslinka? I saw a lot of him. Yeah, well, let me tell you, he's, a, he's the next best thing. For me, I reckon it's the best thing that I've ever seen come through as a young kid. That's a very big call from you, Sellers. I really don't care what anyone says. It's who, who's been better? Who's, who's got the athleticism that he's got? Who's got all those things he can do? Kicks the ball 50 metres along the ground and scores a goal. Kicks on his left, kicks on his right, goes back to the half-back, a full-back one game, takes a mark, saves the game. All those little things. Are, he's a pretty special player. Very special player. He's a joy to watch, Tom. Oh, I think he's the best player in the competition. I, I've not seen a forward for a long time have two people double, double teaming him day in, day out, week in, week out, and he gets over it. And it might take him half a game, and then he kicks six in the second half, kicks, he's kicked tens. His work rate's phenomenal, and his strength is phenomenal. But also, he allows other players to get into the game because they're, they're all they're all conscious about him. Jared wants a back sellers. You can have the final word. Actually, McKay is is a big chance. Tonight. Don't give me a serious word. How much we're going to win by? I can't say that word, but we'll S in. Right. There you go. There you go, Jared. Uh, we're going to have some fun. Hopefully we'll have a lot of fun. Just describe the Carlton supporters in your life in the past 10 days. Um, no, uh, not wanting to get ahead of themselves. Uh, the time that the seconds have been ticking by too slowly. Uh, everybody is here. Everybody in my orbit is here tonight. I don't know yeah. how they've all managed to get tickets, but it's the kids of my my era, the guys that I went to the footy with who watched these blokes win finals and flags, it's their kids who have never experienced it and they're all there's so much joy amongst the fathers and the mothers who have got their kids here for the first time, yep. really with a chance of winning a final, so uh, there's a lot of expectation and there's a lot of joy about this tonight. So it pops up on the SEN app? Yep. So is it SEN Fanatic? SEN Fanatic's yep. the place to SEN go. SEN Fanatic. Yep. yep. Righto. So we're going to, uh, just fair warning, so we're going to cut a package for crunch time tomorrow. Oh, we've actually enlisted sellers to come in. So you've got it. This is the most underutilised thing in sports broadcast. I don't understand why there's not more of it. it should so be salute to everyone. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so there has to be the quintessential goal, though, right? When it's all well, happening. And we'll be watching. I we'll may be, be if, it's, if it all turns pear-shaped, Jared, I might be jumping out the window. So if we can just get it on the little video the little video cam, you might have something pretty special for the social. So. Ha, main, main thing, have fun yeah, we and will. enjoy it. Good on you, mate. Hopefully all the best. it goes the way yeah, it should. Yeah, They're yeah, in too. their Carlton T-shirts stronger together. So Andy Ma, Wayne Johnston and Mark McClure, a Blues parochial call, which is there on SEN Fanatic on the app. A little bit of fun that'll be, and uh, I'm looking forward to the package on Crunch Time yeah, tomorrow. So, so um, crunch Time could go five hours tomorrow. You and I are back here tomorrow, <laughs> broadcasting tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that as well, doing it. It's hard to believe. There's a couple of other games still to be played this weekend's around. That's how big last night was, and that's how big tonight was. And, Jared, you would have gone head-to-head -head with the Dominator a few times over time, didn't you? Not not uh, specifically on Dominator. I played with him in a few state games, yeah. but uh, Dominator... Was in a team that was at one end of the ladder, and I was in a team that uh, yeah. was at the bottom end of the ladder when Dominator was dominating. So he wasn't <laughs> quite as dominating when he when you were Sydney. <laughs> no, no, no. Dominator was uh, a little bit earlier. He was in those early eighties. Yeah. Yep. He was uh, a magnificent player. I played a few state games with him in the mid eighties, I suppose. Um, but he was a, he was a, he didn't play too many bad finals, Dominator. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be getting a few kicks out here today. <laughs> Hence the name. Indeed. How's Andy going at the moment, talking about not getting ahead of ourselves, yet he's in there doing a fleet bias call, wearing a Stronger Together T-shirt. He's been put he's in the, the dream, most impossible he? position, but glorious <laughs> as long as it goes a certain way. <laughs> if it goes the other way, no, that's then better. it's just fun for the that rest is, of us, that's what, isn't that's it? What, that's what you want tomorrow for crunch time. <laughs> this is the AFL Nation pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles. The new Beaumont Max range starts at 20 bucks, we're in the countdown to Carlton and the Sydney Swans, the first elimination final.